Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome into Faith, Family, and Football. We are back. It is a new year and a new time to be listening to Faith, Family, and Football. I'm Trevor Allen. Happy to be joined, as always, win, lose, or draw by Pac-12 champion and second team all, all Pac-12 selection, Utah cornerback Clark Phillips III. CP, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. So we are now 18 episodes into this thing. And you guys are coming off of the Rose Bowl. Obviously, it was a heartbreaking loss. You guys lose 48 to 45. It was a shootout. But I felt like, um, even though you guys didn't win, I felt like you were the defensive MVP of that game. You did absolutely everything you could. You could clearly show that you left everything out there on that field for that last game. How do you feel like you uh, played? You know, uh, people ask me that after the game, and I just said, man, I didn't do enough, you know. And after watching the game again, um, they're even looking at the stat sheet because I don't even look at it right after the game. I try to look at it after I've had a chance to watch the game because that can be deceiving at times. But, no, nah, man, I think I did good. I, I think I showed well um, on the biggest stage in some of the biggest moments. You know, it was a couple of fourth down stops that, you know, aren't really shown on the stat sheet, but it was a catch that I uh, gave up that I stopped the guy on, on basically third down that – uh, resulted in a fourth down, you know, and they basically had to go for it the next play. And so now it was a couple of things like that that don't even go and get noticed because they're overshadowed by the fumble, uh, forced fumble or the, the interception. But I think I played a good game. Um, there's definitely things to work on after watching. I'm like, okay, a couple of things technique-wise, I'm like, okay, i got to clean that up. But overall, man, I think I had a good game. I think I pretty much filled up most of the stat categories. Yeah, and you definitely did. And, and we're going to go through each of those, those those plays. There were three key plays you made. Obviously, you ended up making more, but there, there were three of them that, that, that really stood out and three of them that basically saved touchdowns. Like the Buckeyes could have had three more touchdowns than what they had if it wasn't for these plays that you made. We will start first on that first drive. The Buckeyes are, are, are going down the field and uh, Stroud finally goes for that, that, that deep ball to Jackson Smith. And you were actually on him. That was actually their first deep ball. Uh, you, you were able to get a hand on it. Um, just walk us through that play because we knew Jackson Smith was going to be their main target with Olave and Wilson out. Yeah, man. So uh, we were in like a cover two structure, which I didn't even know. So I was on the other opposite side of uh, the formation. I'm not sure if it was apparent, but uh, we only we had uh, Makai Bernard staying on the coach's sideline so that if he didn't know a call or a signal or something, we tried to keep him closer to the sideline earlier in the game so that he could stay basically close to, close to Coach Shaw and he could give him the signals and things if he didn't know it. 
for any reason. So I played different sides than I was used to at, at times. And so this was one of those situations where I was, uh, where I didn't end up getting a call. I think they did a look back on the offense, like the offense did basically where they look back to, they, they call an initial play, line up in the formation. Then CJ Stroud looks at the sideline like, hey, they're, they're doing something weird on defense because we were doing a great job disguising. He would often look back to Coach Day or the old coordinator and be like, oh, we need to change it up or this is something different. I see what they're in, let's switch it. And so he did this and, uh, prior and earlier in the week, we had discussed as a defense that um, when they did the look back, we're going to basically change our play. So we have to look to Coach Galley. Regardless of the, of the call, uh, the play that we, he had given before, we're going to look back. And so I had gotten the initial play, but of course, by the time they started, the uh, CJ Stroud started to look back at his old coordinator, it got super loud. And um, by this time, um, we couldn't, of course, hear anything. I was asking he I think, for the call. And he said, set. And so I looked at Coach Scali and his hands are on his hips like he had already given the call. He said, hike, I hadn't even gotten the call. So luckily, I study a lot of film and um, I understand what everyone in the defense is doing. And so I saw Nephi, I was in the boundary. I saw Nephi buzzing to, to the flat, to my flat. And so he's running at me as the ball is hiked. I'm like, okay, so I must be deep. I see Vontae go down. I'm like, okay. Both of my my safeties going down and my linebackers buzzing to the boundary. I was like, dang, I must be like a deep half defender. So I ended up having to – it ended up being a call that we had discussed that was just a game plan for this game where the corners become the half-filled players like safeties and everyone's shooting underneath. And so I basically had to shoot back super fast. And by this time, Jackson's already running full head of steam because it was like a disguise and we're like all trading positions. No one was able to get a reroute on him. So he ran just straight line free, untouched, ungrasped, and he was just running full speed. And so, um, yeah, the only thing that saved me was me seeing Nephi buzz. And then I looked at the formation and by this time it was too late. You know, I looked at uh, Jackson Smith and I was like, oh, snap, he's running full speed. So I took off barely realizing that, okay, I must be a deep field player. But I say all that, all that to say, man, that um, understanding the defense really helped me because, you know, if I had no clue what other guys were doing in relation to what I'm doing in each coverage, I would have just been sitting there like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder if they're messing up the deal. And so I ended up, you know, getting there in time. If I never turned my head on that play, it would have probably called a P.I., because we were both hand fighting. He's pushing off. I'm pulling, you know, and my hand ended up going up. We're both looking at the ball, and I ended up punching through, man. And that was a play that I feel like started the great performance. So on that, they they uh, usually talk about, you, you end up mentioning, to where corners don't look back at the uh, quarterback. And then whenever you, you uh, start that uh, hand fighting, one of the first things officials look for on a PI is whether or not the corner looks back. So yeah. are you always taught to look back no matter what, or, or is it one of those, um, one of those things where you're, you're looking, but then you're, you're more looking at, at uh, Jackson Smith and kind of see his reaction because yeah. I'm always wondering like when, when like corners know to get their hands in there, yeah. um, especially when you don't look back at the quarterback to see if, if he's throwing to you. Yeah, man. So, you know, basically how I like to play it is, you know, if I'm in position, to look back comfortably, um, then I'm looking back with intent to take the ball. You know, whether it be a PBU or pick, if that guy has got a step on me of any sort and he's running full speed, then I'm like, nope. If I look back, it's going to be touchdown. So I've got to play him. So at that, at that point, like it's been a couple of plays this year where I just had to play it where, 
you know, I'm playing the receiver's hands, taking away the, the possibility of an interception, but also taking away the possibility of a catch, too, if I just play him, his eyes, and his hands. And so in this particular situation, I could tell by Jackson Smith's body language that he wasn't expecting to get the ball because I guess uh, CJ had looked the other way or something, and he wasn't expecting him to be wide open. So he had went full speed, then he slowed up, and um, he tried to speed up. But because I guess uh, CJ wasn't expecting to throw it that far, it was only like a three-step drop he kind of launched it off his back foot. And so as I'm running full speed, trying to play catch up, I uh, I saw Jackson's eyes kind of go straight up to the sky. And I'm like, okay, this ball is underthrown. And I was in perfect position by this point, And I wanted to do everything but collide him. So I kind of maneuvered my body in a way that he had to kind of jump through me. And I knew that if I didn't turn, it would have been a PI. And I didn't want to get there too early. And so I knew I was mad. I was mad early. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a chance. I'm gonna I'm going to get a little uh, grip on his pad. I I ended up getting a nice little tug on his shoulder pad as he was trying to, because he was trying to keep me in a position to where he could make a one-handed grab or at the last second push me off. So I made sure that we were almost like shoulder to shoulder, chest to chest. And I was looking literally at the ball, the same ball he was looking at, you know? And so as we both saw it drop, he tried to do his late push off right when the ball got there. And because I'm seeing the ball, I'm like, I knew exactly when he was going to do it. As soon as he pushed, I gave him a little tug, and shoot, man, I shot through the bread basket, and that was the first play. And then you'll see me on the TV copy as Monte, hey, what was the call? <laughs> I'm like, what was the call? They're like, hey, nice. You know, Nephi's like, PBU, great play. Devin's like, yeah, that boy different. And I'm thinking, yeah, no, nah, I was beat. I didn't know the freaking play. And so I asked uh, I asked uh, Vontae, I was like, man, what was the call in that? I was literally screaming your name. I was screaming uh, Nephi and Vontae, and uh, – I was like, and they and they both uh, didn't end up hearing me because it was so loud. But um, yeah, man, I'm just glad that that was the first play of of the, all the big plays, man. So then we end up going into uh, so Jackson Smith has it. He's uh go, going down the field. It, it's looking like another touchdown. There 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 was a stretch in that second quarter where both teams scored combined five touchdowns in a matter of three minutes. That was where, you know, Britton Covey's kick return for a touchdown. And you guys were just getting, you know, Cam Rising's really long touchdown run. But there was one you ended up saving where Jackson Smith's going up the middle and and you're having to catch up to him. Basically, you're a DK Metcalf and you're running down down the field. You catch up to him. You're able to get your right hand in there to punch it out. And then Cole Bishop's able to get over into the end zone and hover over it. What, what were you just seeing as soon as you realized you were able to to catch up to him. What was the first thing going into your mind? Man, so a lot. So we were uh, initially we were sending like a full house blitz man coverage. Um, I was lined up and press man. And this is the scary thing about a team that does look back, hurry up uh, offenses, because just like that, Coach Galley can be changing the call. And if you don't hear the call, it's bad. And so another situation where I'm on the far field um, with Cole Bishop, he's his – like I was literally by myself to the field. There was three receivers to the boundary, I believe, or two receivers. Jackson was to the boundary. They end up motioning, motioning him to the field. I'm playing press man, and we're seeing an all-out blitz. So I'm locked up, just thinking, okay, this is man coverage. Quarterbacks like you know, blue forty-two or whatever. You know, he's saying all of his pre-snap cadences, and then he says set. Uh, Cole Bishop's like, and I guess Coach Galley uh, changed the the call right before he did the cadence. And uh, Cole Bishop was like, oh, Clark, Clark. He was like, uh, black, black. And I just saw the signal. I didn't even hear him. And he said, black, black. So initially, so right when um, 
Jackson Smith's motioning over to the field, he doesn't even get set. He just takes off up the field as soon as the ball snapped. And I'm still getting out of my press position and I'm getting deeper, whatever. Jackson Smith's bending towards the middle of the field. He slows up and they just tried to hit the whole shot um, because that's the, you know, the weakness of cover through the hashes. So they just threw it right there. I was so far away because I'm on the wide field and um, me and Vontae both tried to close, take the angle. And I saw uh, Vontae, he kind of like, I think Vontae might have just missed her. He took an angle that he couldn't really get there. It was just a great ball, great placement and stuff. And so a dude was running and stuff. And initially, as I saw him um, striding, he was trying to get towards the middle of the field so he could see everyone trying to, you know, chase him or whatever. And so that no one could take an angle. And I just kind of trailed him. And initially, my angle was going to go to his left shoulder. And as I saw him about to take that peak to his left, I kind of tried to zero up with him and get right, right behind him so he couldn't see me. And um, shoot, man, as I got there, I realized I was like the seven yard line. I'm like, I'm going to get here in time. I was like, I think I'm just going to take a risk and try to uh, punch the ball out. And I don't know what went through my head, but I was like, we need this right now. I was like, we can't give this up. And so I saw him at the last minute still swinging. I thought he was going to get uh, tighter when he felt me on his back, but he was still swinging. And he was really he thought I guess he thought he could just keep on running and maybe he would get there before I got to him. And um, as he was swinging it, I realized that if I took an angle in which I was right behind him, I could get a perfect punch at the ball. And so I tell you what, man, boxing definitely paid off because that was an accurate punch, you know. And so I um, I just shot at the ball. And next thing I know, I didn't know if I got it out until I got on the ground and I tried to hold his legs so that he stayed there with me. I was hoping, you know, and it pays to be relentless, man. That's our culture. You know, RSB, relentless, smart, nasty ball hawks. And everyone was, you know, running and you saw – Devin, you saw Vontae and Cole both all on each other's tail, you know, Nephi, all, you know, trying to fight for the ball in the end zone because everyone was thinking no matter what, hey, we're going to get this dude. And so um, when they all were scrambling for the ball in the end zone, I kind of had a sigh of relief like that was close. <laughs> so you you end up punching it out. Were were you able to look up in, in time to see Cole diving on it? Or, 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 yeah. or were you like so, getting up and they were already all celebrating? Yeah, man. So I was I was getting up uh, or no, I looked up because I was holding uh, Smith's uh, leg trying to keep him down. Then I saw Vontae came and knocked him down as he tried to get up. And then I saw Cole jump over it. And I didn't know if we had uh, actually got it. I thought that was some of his players. I wasn't sure if another receiver was over there or what. But um, then when I saw uh, Vontae's reaction, they were, we were so turned up, you know, and then I heard some fans screaming, getting all excited and stuff. I'm like, yes, sir. And so as we ran out to the sideline, that was the best feeling ever. And of course, Coach Shaw, you know, first thing he was like, he was like, what the heck happened? He was like, was that a late call? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I got that one super late. You know, it's like, he was like, well, screw it. Great play, son. You know, <laughs> it, it, great play. <laughs> because sometimes it goes like that, man, in those bigger games, you know, you can't hear the call, you don't get it. You get it super late, you know, and with having a great D coordinator, sometimes it comes with that because um, he's always waiting to get, he waits to the tail end uh, to get the full formation uh, so that he understands the tendencies. He spends so much time studying film so that he understands everything about the offense. So he's calling a play to put us in the best position. So sometimes we may get that play when the quarterback's saying it's set. You just got to trust it and trust that he's calling it because he knows something. So, I mean, we can't cry about it when it hurts us at every now and again, you know. Just like with a ballsy corner, sometimes it's pick six, sometimes it's, you know, a big player on the, on the other side. So I feel like uh, what comes the good things comes the bad as well, but – you just pray that the bad doesn't happen in those big games. Um, and then uh, the the third really key play you made that also saved a, a touchdown was in that first drive, the Buckeyes had it to uh, start the second half. Um, you guys, you know, they, they end up getting 20 yards 
off of the off of the kick return, and then uh, they got eight eight yards within two plays, and then Stroud found Jackson Smith again for a forty five yard gain, and then one, once they got to your guys' twenty yard line, you uh, I, I think it was Julian Fleming who was who was in the end zone, and uh, CJ tried to go a little more back back shoulder throw, didn't get it quite enough, but you were able to stay in front of, of Fleming and being able to get to be able to get that uh, pick in the end zone. Um, yeah. Just walk us through of, of what you saw on that play. So, yeah, man, they, you know, with uh, them showing their tendency on film that they love the look back and they often that look back was because uh, they have so much faith in their receivers. You know, they have two possible first rounders and that look back is, is a lot of times signaling the play caller and the quarterback that, hey, it's press man coverage. We got to go at him. And a lot of their biggest plays were because they checked it. And so I knew that when I got that look back on that check, you know, that oftentimes it was either coming to me, it was either check run or coming to me or the other corner. And they were going to try to do something. So this was another one where I was showing a disguise. I went seven yards or no, I went press man at first. Then I backed off a plate seven. And then as soon as the ball was snapped, I went back up in the man's face. And so that's when, of course, the quarterback, he looked at me and I kind of baited the throw. And he just assumed that um, his guy was going to beat me. That's why a lot of people were saying it was underthrown. But, no, he just expected his guy to run right by me. Julian Fleming was a fast 100-meter guy. He ran a 4-4, um, 40. And so that play was designed for him to run underneath the ball, almost like they've been doing all year. And so I knew that uh, in this particular play, because they were kind of close to the goal line, with about 40, 50 yards out, I knew that um, – they were going to have to take a shot at some point. And I was thinking more of an out and up or a post corner or something like that. But as soon as I saw, you know, uh, the kid, uh, CJ Stroud, as soon as I saw him do the pump and he was taking a five-step drop, I knew like basically from my reads being in cover three, not to bite the cheese. Uh, I saw a five-step drop and it just didn't match his pump. And I was like, okay, I knew it was, you know, going to be basically a bluff. And so right when I saw Fleming do the, uh, the stutter, I was like, okay, I just got to stay on his top field shoulder. I'm going to make this guy make a great catch or I'm taking this ball. And um, as soon as he let the ball, you know, go, man, I, I knew I was, you know, I like to say I got pretty good hands for DB. I was a thousand yard receiver in high school. I'm like, okay, I got to gotta make sure I can grab this thing. And so as soon as I saw the ball release, man, I was like, I was tracking it like a receiver, man. And I was thinking of trying to, you know, bring it out of the end zone, but I thought about a play in practice, man, that, uh, the coaches are always give me crap about it. I ended up taking it out and someone came, one of the scout guys came and tagged me off there. I like the one yard line. They were like, don't do that in the game. If you ever get a pick in the end zone, just take a knee. Luckily I didn't have to make that decision because yeah. Fleming wrestled me down. But um, I was, I was sure in heck, man, just going to probably take that thing out and try to make the play bigger than what it was, man. Cause you know me, I like to, in those big moments, I'm always bent on me. I would probably take him out, try to take him for six because it was just me and him in the end zone. And if I could have gotten past him, all of my other guys were coming down, ready to block. I'm like, 103-yard interception return. That's the first thing I was thinking when he threw it. I'm like, no way he's really throwing this. No way. He let it go, and I'm like, this is mine. I'm awesome, this guy. Um, now, moving on to uh, some other things. And, again, those those are tremendous plays, and there's, there's a lot of plays you've made this year that – um, it's certainly going to help you with, with your draft stock. I felt like you really rised up some of those, some of those draft boards, um, going into next season. And, and now, you know, uh, not only pro teams, but college teams are looking at you next year, um, as, as one of those, those really dynamic playmakers. They're already talking about you and, uh, Cole Bishop being stars of, of that Utah defense next year, which some outlets have said, you guys are going to, are, are going to contend for a college football playoff spot. 
which uh, is, is some pretty hefty uh, goals for you guys and also, you know, a label to put on you guys. But, you know, it's it's always good to have that rather than having people go in thinking you guys are going to suck. So um, and it's definitely respect, you know, and, you know, I think about it, I'll, I'll bite off of that point a little bit. But, um, you know, I just I think about that because I know with having an 18 year old freshman like Cole Bishop come in man, and, and make the plays that he made, like literally just came in and he had a, a, a tougher start to the season. And for him to finish the way that he did, you know, is, is special. And I love the, the the corner that he turned from my what is it probably game five, game six, yeah. and all of a sudden, man, it, it's like a, a flip, a, a you know, a switch flipped, almost like what we talked about for me last year when we wished that I got more than five games because I felt like the table was there, the 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 the, uh, the page was getting turned, man. And me and my dad, we fantasized about it a while, you know, just talking about, dang, what if I got you know a couple more games, just one more game, man? I feel like after the game five, I felt like a different player, and I felt like I was really emerging into that that player that I you know long dreamed of and so nah man I'm proud of that kid and I think um you know it's really special for them to already be talking about that sort of thing when we're just such young players you know they still list me as a freshman you know and him as well and then we got some other freshmen that are special and so I think uh we got the pieces man and we got the coaching we just got to do it you know and we got the perfect story man we had you know finished up the season not the way that we wanted but we played a great game had a great season um defensively we struggled but um, I think we'll be able to rebound, man, in Gainesville next year. Um, a couple, couple more things on this game, and then we'll we'll uh, take a break. So your your boy Bernard, um, you you had talked about it a little bit. Moved over to corner, was also playing running back, was also playing a little bit of special teams early on, but then Wit Wit pulled him off of special teams. Um, obviously, you you and I talked about this a week and a half ago or so. Uh, you yeah. know uh, about making that that a move from from offense to defense or even j- just switching to cornerback um he's obviously played corner back back when he was in high school but yeah. this is a whole different level now i mean not only i mean this isn't even just a regular pack 12 game this is the rose bowl yeah. um how do you feel like he fared because there there were some obvious times where he did struggle but you've also got to you know take into account that he was also playing offense you, you know, getting tired legs. And he's also, and, and you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll start on this. How critical is it to be on the, uh, the uh, sidelines when your guys' offense is out on the field for you guys to talk to your coaches? Man, I tell you, uh, there's a lot of game, in-game adjustments, as they call them, and that take place on that sideline when we're the defense and we're on the sideline while the offense is driving down, especially in those prolonged drives that, that go from the 20 after kickoff to you know, whatever, whatever, touchdown, or if, they, if it's just more than a two, three-minute drive, man, some of those conversations that we're having with Shaw, with Coach Scali, with the guys, you know, it's uh, it's it's conversations that help us in the fourth quarter. I'll tell you, some of my biggest plays have been made because of adjustments that I've talked about with the safeties. Hey, I think we need, we're better off showing a single high look because, hey, uh, if we keep on showing too high look, they're never going to try me at corner because they think I'm capped. Like, just little things, small nuggets that – make a difference. Hey, I think I'm going to show a blitz every time that I'm in the boundary to a single receiver. And it's going to, you know, make the quarterback think this, he's going to try to throw the check down. You got to pick Cole or you got to pick Monte. And so um, just small things, man. And I think that uh, sometimes he wasn't able to get in those moments because maybe he was on offense. He was helping the team. He was doing other things. Um, so he wasn't on the sideline a lot, you know, because we asked him to do a lot, man. And so I'm grateful for that dude because, and I think he fared well, a lot of people are going to say he had probably he didn't have that good of a game and stuff. And 
you know, there's arguments for both sides. The dude had a great game on offense. Defensively, he struggled. But that was his first time ever playing corner at the collegiate level in the biggest game of Utah history. So, I mean, against probably the best receivers. A couple of years, we may look back and say, wow, he's in the, he's in the draft. He's in the NFL. He's in the NFL. And so all those receivers were guys that are to be respected. And so um, I think the kid, man, he, he definitely fared well. He showed what he can do. Um, he's an athlete, and I'm proud of him. He's my roommate, so I'm biased. Probably one of the best athletes I know, you know, dude is doing 360 dunks and stuff. So, no, nah, I'm just – I'm excited. I'm grateful for him stepping in, man, because, you know, that wasn't a popular, you know, thing to do. Not everybody wanted to do that. Not going to put no one out there, but, you know, guys were asked if they wanted to play corner in this game, and some guys were like, I don't know if I can do that. And it's one of the tougher things to do, and some people just knew exactly what they were, what they were going to be getting into. And for him to say, you know what, let's go. I got this. And for him to bet on himself, man, that's special. Uh, was he uh, Peters or was he Davis on uh, Co- Coach 30? <laughs> he was Davis, man. You know, Davis always gets the short end of the stick every single time. Man, Coach Dirty is hilarious. Is that, is that his name, Coach Dirty? Coach Coach 30. Coach 30. Okay, yeah, nah, man. I love watching his videos, except for when it's about us. Yeah. Um, when, they, when, they do, when he did one for us against Oregon, I cried out laughing, man. I couldn't stop. And watching my dog on there, man, and I just love how how much of a good sport that he is. He he laughed about it. He was on Twitter with it, you know, on Instagram, and that dude's a character. But I think that's what it takes sometimes, you know, when you're in these type of positions, you know, and predicaments. Like you gotta, you can't think so much of yourself that you can't, you know, be joking or you know, take make light of certain situations. Um, there's a time to film study. There's a time to be hard on yourself, and then there's a time to, you know, what this is a game of football. Dang, I look goofy on that player. Wow, he got me. Sounds easy for me to say, but I probably couldn't do that. <laughs> It'd well, be tough. At least you weren't involved in the uh, Coach 30, at least him saying that you, like, pissed down your leg or, you know, the moment yeah. was too big. Or... <laughs> the mo- here, here, right here, the moment's too big for me. I'm just not a good athlete. I got to go get some more guys, Coach. See, that dude's just a character. The things that he says, I feel like they become trademark statements for every one of his videos. I'm, like, yeah. waiting on that one pissed on your leg or something like that. Yep. So not I'm not waiting to. Yeah, those videos are definitely hilarious, man. It definitely made me, I don't know, I can't say it made me feel better about the situation, but it definitely had me laughing, man, especially seeing that Makai was laughing about it, too. You know, I called him. I was like, man, I was like, why are you doing you like this? He was like, man, he's like, screw them, bro. I was like, man, these dudes are some characters. I was like, man, I yeah, feel Yeah, he, he was actually a, a really good sport about it. I got to say, for someone who basically yeah. all, all of the film was on him getting torched. Yeah, uh, yeah. The kicker, they showed the kicker saying bite him. He was like, right here. <laughs> Laying down, uh, face planting. The yeah, the cinnamon roll comment was too much, man. I was like, did you hear the cinnamon roll comment? Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I can't I can't do this no more, man. Toes, I'm to toes pointed up. Yeah. Toes as as a Smith's, like, uh, stiff-arming him into the end zone. Yeah. I'm going to have to block this dude, man. He's too too funny. But, nah, man, I, uh, nah, I enjoyed that. I thought that was funny, man. And, you know, you got to, like, literally, I feel like that's what the game is about it. You got to be able to laugh at it. You can't, you can't be the one joking around, you know, about people. You can't just – I mean, everyone's going to get it at some point, and I feel like that's what get, makes this game so special. You can have good ones. You can have bad ones. You're going to lose at some point, you know? And so I feel like uh, that's what separates the, the great ones too, being able to, hey, take an L, you know, because it's not only going to be wins. So, nah, man, that video was hilarious, though. Um, now, of what wasn't hilarious was seeing Cam Rising go down. Uh, he, he, he ended up getting sacked. Um, to me, 
And again, I, I, I watched it from high up above in the, the stadium. And, but I did look back at the, the TV screen. Um, yeah. they, had, they had a ton of TVs in our, in our box. And it was kind of like one of those things where, like, Cam landed on his back or rolled over to, to, to his back after he hit his head on, onto the turf. And yeah. then, like, his arm was, like, up kind of a little bit. And then he just went limp. Kind of like when you get knocked out in, in UFC, the way you, you've yeah. done to me playing Xbox. Um, <laughs> he basically did that. When yeah. you guys saw that, and another thing to point out too, Kyle Whittingham doesn't come out on the field for injuries much. Yeah. But he did for this one. Yeah. What was going through your mind as you guys saw Cam Rising being attended to by, by the Utah trainers? Man, I was nervous. I'm not going to lie. The first thing that went through my mind was like, this isn't good. This, is, this can't be good for, for our team. Uh, and if we want to make a run for this thing, if we want to, you know, win this game. And so now the first thing I thought, I didn't actually see the play. They didn't show the replay initially, I don't believe. And, but I saw it uh, on Twitter uh, with the game copy a couple days ago. I showed my mom and she was disturbed, man. She was like, wow, that's super sad because she saw, you know, she's in the medical field, man. And so she was able to understand that, yeah, he was he was knocked out. He's probably unconscious. You know, his arms went stiff, they call it. I forget the medical term, but they go stiff and you basically it's like it. Yeah. Yeah, and they go limp, and so yeah, that's what happened, man. And seeing it again, I was like, I was like, wow, that dude is a—he's a warrior, you know. And for him to get up and walk walk off after that is just special, because um, you know, people will never understand the things that we go through during this game, even those you know injuries that no one really you know that that guys walk off or you know walk in, walk into the locker walk into games with like people never understand the things that you battle mentally too and you know all that different stuff and so man big kudos and you know big ups to that guy because he's a tough dude we saw you know some of his big runs um, some of his big plays but that that one was scary that one was scary just for you know I even think about beyond football like regardless of him trying to return for that game um, people said that he could have I'm like no like that man at some point is going to have a family, you know, and I want him to be able to talk to his kids and stuff later on. And so for him to be unconscious and stuff, I know how scary that is. And I couldn't imagine if something would happen like that to me, you know, uh, what my family would be thinking in, in the stadium, you know, in that, in the, in the crowd, like, wow. Cause you don't know if it's a neck, you don't know. If it's a, like now we're talking about your livelihood, you know, and whether or not, you know, this is, this is life threatening at this point. So I feel like um, just for him to walk off, I think I had a sigh of relief. I was really nervous for him. So Cam, Cam goes down, and then uh, it's actually uh, Bryson Barnes who comes in, uh, kid out of out of small town Milford, Utah, which is down in in uh, southern Utah. I've actually been to Milford, not much there. My 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 mom uh, grew up in Beaver, so I, I spent a lot of time in there, and they're they're right next to each other, both of those towns. So uh, he comes in, um, you know, and ends up playing playing well. Uh, but on that last drive to be able to uh, tie the game um, on, on that throw to a Dalton Kincaid, just, you know, talk about a guy who basically comes in as like a walk on, um, you know, small town, a great high school player, but again, small town, small school um, for him to step up big on this stage when nobody thought he was going to be the uh, backup quarterback. They all thought it was JJ, but yeah. it ends up being Barnes just, how 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 cool was it to see that from over over on the Utah sideline? Special man, and you know, funny story about that guy. Uh, when he got here, I remember he was like scout. He was playing some scout receiver, some scout team work, man. And I remember guarding that guy and being like, "This dude is a little athlete," you know. And everyone was like, "Oh, that's Bryson Barnes," you know. That dude, he won probably every accolade. Every you know, he was the you know basically like 
did everything in his town. And he was like the fastest guy, the, the strongest guy. He, you know, won first team, all everything. He was the best receiver, the best quarterback, and just basically did it all. And I'm putting more on it, but that's what they were telling me, you know. And so I was like, oh, wow, it makes sense because this dude, he's a good athlete. He made a couple catches on me. I'm like, wow. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. You know, and so, nah, man, I definitely had all the courage and the faith in the world for that guy um, when they told, when they basically said, when I saw him warming up, when the cam was on the ground, they were like, all right, your turn, big dog. And when he went out there and did that, you know, just go, I was really excited. We were on the sideline, like, we were not we, we were not surprised at all because we know what he's made of. Both of those guys, really, even JJ, even though he didn't get the opportunity, those dudes are tough, man. And we're our team consists of, of dudes with grit, character, um, and a resilience that you can only gain, I feel like, from experience. We experienced a lot this year, and guys uh, grew as men, whether 18, whether 25. Um, by the way, Barnes is probably the only one who's ever thrown a pass and, and uh, caught, caught his own pass in, in high school history. No, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I was like, oh, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I was more going off of your, like, he, he did everything. Yeah, he ended up throwing up – uh, throwing it up in the air, ran after it and caught yeah, it. Yeah, he ran after it. He beat seven DBs. You know, they were in a dime package. You know, the safety was deep, and he threw a deep bomb, Hail Mary, for the game winner and ran under it for a touchdown. <laughs> um, final thing on this, uh, when the uh, clock struck, struck zero and uh, the Buckeyes were celebrating with Roses, um, even though you guys had that game uh, for a good chunk of it, um, what was going through your mind as you were uh, walking off the field for the last time in this season and you guys came up short you know man it broke my heart you know just to see you know the tears um i had some of my own you know the tears from the seniors uh coaches players former players i mean it was a collective sadness i feel like just from the group of what could have been um and really like a, even more than the loss it just felt like dang like we made it here. Like we were, we were all kind of, I think, kind of thinking the same thing. Like, dang, even though we lost, we, like, we've had a special season. I don't want it to end. You know, even more than the loss, it was just a, more of a sadness. Like, wow, it's you know, this is over. We'll never have the same group again. And so that's where my sadness was, man. And you know, before I could get too sad, I had guys running up from me from every side, from every you know angle. Like, hey, man, hell of a game. You know, guys were loving me up from the Buckeye team. Um, some of my good friends, my dear friend, Court Williams. Um, who played really well in that game as well, played safety linebacker in high school, uh, really is more of like a hybrid stud now at Ohio State. But that man, he's a great guy. And we were better, we were like really, really close. Me, him, and Josh Alford, who's at uh, Idaho State now, uh, we're really, really close friends. Saw each other every day at St. John Bosco before I left. Um, and so, nah, man, I got to see dudes like that, talked to Stroud for a little while. Um, he's a good friend of mine. Both are in the same uh, ball by faith group um, which is a group where we just talk about faith man we talk about the bible um, and it's all athletes at the d1 level particularly but everywhere in college and so it's a special group and we got to talk about that we didn't get to get our picture uh, for obvious reasons we we're both super busy trying to do interviews and stuff and he was especially was doing a lot of interviews and got to talk to Jackson and it was special man to just catch up with those guys um, and then even catch up with my guys you know I got to talk to Devin I got to hug Mika, got to hug Nephi, and yeah, man, it was really emotional day. Uh, by the way, Court Williams was the one who uh, sacked Cam Rising on that play, and again, we're not sitting yeah. here pointing blame. It's just on the the uh, stat sheet. There was only so, one one sack, and it, and it went to him. But he was just doing his thing. It was just the way Cam landed. So there's no there's no blame placed there. But just uh, something yeah. interesting to point out. 
I saw that play, yeah, and that court's a strong dude, and, you know, it definitely wasn't only his fault, but they credited him for the sack, but it was like two or three other guys that yeah. were kind of rallied around him as well. He was and like the I, first one to make contact. Yeah, 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 man, but you know, I'm just glad Cam stood up and was able to get up and walk and talk afterwards because that's a scary thing, man. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, we will put a bow on the 2021 season and look ahead to 2022. You're listening to Faith Family Unfortunate. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back in to Faith, Family, and Football with Clark Phillips III. You guys can follow him on Twitter at ClarkPhillips21 and on Instagram at ClarkPhillips III, um, powered by kslsports.com. Um, something I wanted to do here, uh, I, you and I did not plan, plan this part out. I wanted to kind of keep you on, on your toes. Now that you are officially in the offseason, I'm going to be doing more, more of these things, keeping you on, on your toes. I like um, it. As you look back now, you've had about four days to look back on a a 14 game season you played every game there's not a lot of utah players who could say that but you did um what grade would you give yourself i know i know that you are, you are very critical of uh, of your play so is coach shaw so is your dad um i'm not going to grade you because i'm i'm not as big of a football mind as you guys, I know that you had a tremendous season and, and the accolades showed it. Um, I also know there, there, there are things for you to work on and you know that, and, and that all, all this is, is just part of that, that stepping stone to get to your ultimate goal, which is to go to the NFL. Now, having said all that, as you look back, what grade would you give yourself for the 2021 Clark Phillips? Uh, I give myself a solid B plus. Okay. And it's only a B plus because of the way that I finished, you know, um, would have probably given myself a B left a lot of things on the table, including goals. I felt like, um, you know, and this is just me being transparent. I felt like I could have taken the ball more, made a lot of plays on the ball. And I, and I was very disruptive, probably arguably the most disruptive DV in the PAC 12 in terms of stats, statistics. I had the most PBUs and pass breakups, pass defended. Um, and, but um, I just felt like I could have taken the ball more. Um, I'm talking interceptions and I feel like that's the money that I left on the table and that I, you know, that's what keeps me from giving myself an A. I feel like in every other category, you know, from season one to season two, I've uh, improved tremendously in certain categories and some categories it was a little bit less, you know, but I feel like uh, I've had a great season um, and I just like the way that I finished, man. And that was the goal in the biggest games, make the biggest plays. And I feel like I fared well and I did so. Uh, in both the championship game and, and you know, the uh, Rose Bowl. And I'm I'm grateful for it. A um, lot to learn. I learned a lot this season. I got more comfortable doing certain things, showing certain disguises. Um, but, yeah, man, I'd probably give myself just a B plus. Okay, so during the last segment, I actually text your dad. And I just said, hey, I'm I'm doing something for the show. What what, what grade would you give Clark for, for the season? You want to know what he, you want to know of what he said? What he said? He said solid B minus B plus. So I'm going to say B because he said wow. B minus B plus. Let's split it down the middle. 
Wow, that's crazy. I'm surprised because I was going to say a B, just a solid B, but I only gave myself a B plus because of the way that I finished. So that's crazy. Me and my dad think so much alike. So then I asked him, I said, give me, give me some highlights, some, you know, real, really good things you end up taking away from watching him this year and get and, and give me some things for him to work on. Um, okay. And he, he, he said, competed well all year, improved greatly in the second half of the season with patience and trusting in his, his technique. He allowed plays to come, come, come to home and not gamble as much. He also continued to improve his tackling. Um, and then for next year of what you need to work on will be his ability to disguise things and continue to play discipline through your technique. Um, Who's this? This was Coach Shaw, you said? No, no, this is your, your dad. This is Pops. Wow. And then, and then also said he will, he, will, he will take the ball more within the system as well. I know he has lofty goals. Wow. Yeah. Now nah, that's exactly my goal. That's it's crazy. Me and my dad are always on like literally the exact same thought process and mindset. Cause um, you know, we of course talk every day, but more than that, he understands me more than anybody, you know, in this world, I, I believe in. He understands what my goals are, even if I don't even say them. And that's the special thing about our relationship. He understands when uh, I feel like I had a crappy performance, you know, or if I had a great one, he understands when, you know, I'm not feeling good or comfortable. He could tell in some games in my first season where I didn't feel comfortable or I wasn't all the way loose or locked in. And he could tell, you know, the games in which I was. And he can tell when I'm all the way let loose and locked in and loaded and ready to rock. And he said, that, you know, and he's told me that I just look more like a lot more comfortable and, and just kind of playing more free this year. And so that made me feel good early in the season. And I feel like, uh, like he said, you know, the back end of the season, I was playing through my technique a lot better and, that's one thing that, you know, I feel like I need to get better. I just got to take the ball because um, me and him always talk about, you know, the difference between the good and the greats is like making the quarterback pay. And a lot of DBs get a lot of PBUs, but not a lot of take the ball. You see, they're talking about um, Trayvon Diggs and it's in a different way because he's got 10 interceptions. Like imagine if half of those were PBUs, he wouldn't even be nearly as talked about. So I feel like that's what's going to separate me uh, for the next level one continuing to show the scouts and showing people that um, I can take the ball. And I feel like I fared well in the, in, the, in the Ohio State game because I did so. And I feel like I could have even done so a couple of more times if I would have gotten thrown that more. But um, I think that's what's going to help me turn the corner. Like I did this season from last season, I feel like it's going to help me turn even another page and, and enter another chapter into this thing. And so that's the goal, man. And it's crazy. It's just crazy to hear how much me and my dad think alike. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, by the way, you've also gained some fans. Um, when I, when I was traveling home from, uh, basically a week in, in LA, uh, at, at the gates I was at. Um, so I ended up flying home Sunday, Sunday afternoon. I had a, a, a connection in uh, Vegas. So, uh, flying from Ontario to Vegas and then yeah. Vegas to home. Um, there were a lot of Ute fans, at the at the gates I was at and was able to talk to some of them and um without even me bringing up you or anything like that by the way I think I got us a couple more listeners too because I I I eventually told them about the podcast after let's um, do it but they're like man that that a Clark Phillips kid is really good I'm like yeah whenever he gets a, a opportunity he he'll, he'll normally rise to the occasion and it's just they they don't normally throw to him in that they're like yeah he he was like the only good, good player on defense in that game. And I was like, well, it is what it is. But um, so, yeah, you, you, you ended up, you ended up getting some fans for sure. Uh, not only for this show, but, but for the way that you play uh, oh, for the, yeah, for the youths. 
that makes me happy, man. And I appreciate you always plugging our show, man. And you know how much it means to me. And I'm glad that uh, people are starting to gain some eyes and some, you know, recognition towards my game. And man, I just, I try to play it, you know, the way it's supposed to be played, man. I give it my all. And I feel like that's what this university is about. That's what this team is about. And I've learned how to continue to be consistent and give them all every single play, no plays off every single time. And watching guys like Devin Lloyd, like Mika Tafua, and, you know, Nephi, guys that were here before I was, um, watching them play has been super inspiring and watching the way that, you know, Coach Scali coaches and Coach Shaw, they demand the best and they don't allow us to be our worst. And, you know, I take it for what it's worth. And I just continue to try to strive to for improvement every game, really every play, every rep. By the way, speaking of uh, Coach Shaw, we will be able to get him um throughout the off season i've i've got i've got to talk to you after after the show about how how we can start getting guests now that it is the off season um finally got the uh, go ahead from the uh, big boss jordy um so final thing for this segment and i'm going to kind of leave it open-ended floor is yours kind of thing as you look back on 14 games in 2021 not only that you're also looking at at spring ball you're looking at um, you know, the, the, the uh, passing of a uh, Ty Jordan, Aaron Lowe, um, you're looking at, you know, fall camp where you then, bec- you know, emerged as the uh, number one corner, um, going into the season with the way you guys did the ups and downs, just summarize whatever comes to mind for you right now, the 2021 version of the Utah Utes. It would just have to start off by being, the youths in 2021 were relentless. We were determined, um, battle-tested, strong-minded, strong-willed, uh, encouraged, undenied, undeniable. Like we, the way that we, you know, handled adversity was something that I aspired to do for the rest of my life. I learned that from this team, you know, and um, forever grateful, man. And that team is special. I'll never forget some of the things that were said in the locker room. Um, PG 13 and rated R, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget some of the things that were said, you know, and just the, the leadership collective uh, leadership from, from multiple guys and just seeing how leadership was formed throughout the season, not just by playmaking, but just vocally uh, by actions. And it was just consistent and you could feel the culture turn a corner, even after, game one, game two, game three, like it just, it turned a corner and it was like, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. After the San Diego state loss, that was the last straw. I feel like one of the last straws. And so that, after that one, we just kind of felt like the team got closer, got stronger. Um, And then we had tragedy, man. And we just got even tighter, even stronger. Tragedy struck. It was like, we looked to each other and we said, we're all we got and we're all we need. And you know, I'm grateful for the team that I have, man. And I keep on talking about the leadership, but the leadership, man, is, is undeniable. And I feel like with great leadership, man, uh, the sky's the limit for any team. And so that's what I aspire to be like, you know, as I continue to establish my leadership. I feel like I just want I always talk to Devin, Mika, and even guys uh, before them that passed through the university already, just like to ask them, you know, what was it like for you to try to, you know, impress upon a team? This is the culture. You know, what was it like for you to uh, encourage guys that maybe needed encouragement or, you know, make guys understand that, hey, this is how we're going to, you know, you're going to become us. You're not, we're not going to become you. That's kind of our mantra, mantra, you know, coach, 
Coach Witt, Coach Scali said all the time. And so I feel like that's one of the bigger things that helped us really continue to be Utah during during this year and with all the things that we had uh, going for us, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, all the hype and stuff with the new transfers and stuff. I feel like it took us a minute to get on our feet, but once everybody completely bought into, hey, we're Utah, we're not nobody else, you know, no matter who you are, where you come from, um, then that's when we really turned the corner and went, and we became a really, really special team. Couldn't have said it any better. Um, all right, we're going to go ahead and uh, take a break. When we come back, we will do our final college football picks, or pick, I guess. There's only one game left. Um, we'll, we'll do yeah. that, and we'll also do our, our uh, NFL picks ahead of the final week of the regular season in the NFL, and then we get into playoffs. So uh, we'll, we'll see how we did um, when we come back. You're listening to Faith Family Football. Final segment here on Faith, Family, and Football. Trevor Allen and Clark Phillips the third here with you, Utah cornerback, as we uh, wind things down on a 2022 edition of Faith, Family, and Football. Again, th- thank you guys all for tuning in um, wherever you guys are throughout this holiday season. Hope it was a good one. Hope you were safe. Um, I know Clark's ready to get back to school. By the way, congrats on getting into this uh, Eccles School of Business. Thanks, man. You know how tough it is to get into that Dable and Eccles School of Business, man. And I'm grateful for the support that the university has provided uh, throughout my academics and stuff. And I'm grateful to be, you know, accepted into, you know, a family, man, because it's a, it's a smaller school, but it's a very, very prestigious school as well. And so I'm excited about it. And I know that... Um, you know, the best is yet to come, and I'm excited to get my degree in business. All right. Are you ready to do some picks? Let's do it. Because there's so many bowl games, and Clark and I had to do it off the air. Um, I, I had to, like, text him, and he had to, like, text me back the, the uh, picks. I haven't tallied them up yet because it's been so crazy busy. Um, so we, we will get that in there. But there is one game we do need to pick, um, and that is the college football playoff national championship game taking place in Indianapolis. Um, the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs rematch of the SEC championship game where Alabama absolutely smacked Georgia. But uh, what happens here, Clark? Does, does Alabama win their, their second straight na- uh, national title or does Georgia pull off the upset? You know, man, as much as I want to go for my dog, man, Bryce Young, uh, I got to say, I think Georgia takes this one. Yeah. That's kind of shocking. I'm going to go with Alabama. All right. Never go against against Saban. I've I've learned. We're talking about a great offense and a great defense. Yeah, and the uh, great offense got got the better of the uh, great defense in the SEC championship game. So we'll we'll see about those adjustments being made. All right, NFL picks going into the last week of the regular season. By the way, it's weird to say week 18 of the NFL season. Um, okay, we're going to go with a game that is taking place on Saturday night, and it is a NFC East battle between the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are at home. Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles, too, because I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens are at home. It had to be the Ravens. Maybe Tyler Huntley will get the, the start again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers on this one. I just mm. feel like that uh, Pittsburgh's kind of rolling right now. Yeah. Big Ben is going to call it a career. I um, thought he retired last game. 
Well, no, that was his last home game. Okay, got it. Come on, man. You got to keep up with the headlines here. Here's a sneaky good game. The New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. I got to go with the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle. And former you, Eric Rowe, is on that team. And Eric Rowe. I'm going with the I'm going with the Patriots. They're they're playing some really good football right now. I'm not a big fan of of, of Mac Jones, but I, I think that they'll get it done. Let's go with the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. I gotta go with the Ramses. You finally picked the Rams out of how many times I picked uh, I put them in here this year. I needed it, I needed it to line up. You know, I got to keep my record good in the NFL picks. Well, I got to try and get 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 back into it. So let's hope the 49ers get it done because that's what I'm going with. <laughs> and then, last but certainly not least, this will be on Sunday night on KSL Five TV. There's no Monday Night Football this week. Wow. Um, just because it's the end of the regular season and teams that are going into the playoffs don't want that that short turnaround. The Los Angeles Chargers heading to Allegiant Stadium to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. I got to go with the Raiders. The Raiders? Raiders. Sorry, Pops. I'm going with the Chargers. Ooh, you don't want to do that. Well, Let's go. I had to go with the Raiders because I'm at his house right now. Yeah, well, I'm not. So that's why I went against Now, Pop, Pops would understand. Uh, I, I didn't want to, I'm, I'm going off of good records here and it's, it's, it's good records between the two. It's hard, you know, it's really hard. Yeah. And, you know, it's also really, you know, sad to think that the Broncos were eliminated from playoff contention. So. Yes. That's messed up, man. You really got to do that. Hey man, better luck next year. It'll be all right. Yeah. Right. Freaking management's <laughs> terrible anyway. So, all right. Final thoughts as you, uh, head back to Salt Lake city to get ready for another semester of school. Now you're going through a full off season this time rather than playing five games off season and then back yeah. at it again. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I think um, I'm so excited for what's to come for this team. Uh, like I said, we got a strong culture, good leadership, great leadership, and, you know, great coaches. And I know that they're going to continue to put us in great spots, great positions, and, man, we'll be ready to go next season in Gainesville. All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition. We will talk to you next week, Clark, and maybe we'll have a, a, a special guest. Maybe we're, we're going to start rolling in guests now, now that we're in, in into the off season, it's going to be a long eight months. So we got, we got some time to fill and That's Clark's right. the only student athlete in, in the entire state of Utah that is, is doing a show all year long rather than just during, during the season. So guess what? Next week we'll have another edition of faith family football. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.